welcome back to The Short Game. This is a show about short video games, games that respect your time. And I am Reagan Kelly, and this week I am joined by my very good co-host. Laura Nash. Thank you, Laura. And uh, it's good to have you back, Laura. It's been a busy time for you, as it is around this time of year for pretty much everybody. Uh, Laura missed last week's extremely long game, but in a now long-held short game 2019 tradition, we are following up a very long game. The last one was... Uh, so last week, of course, that was uh, uh, Outer Wilds. And then earlier in the year, we followed Heaven's Vault, another very long game. For us. <laughs> for us. For our for our vibe. Uh, with a frog detective game. And so this time we're following up Outer Wilds with Frog Detective 2, The Case of the Invisible Wizard. So if you don't remember Frog Detective 1 from earlier in the year. This is a very cute sort of adventure gamey style uh, point and click first person-y solve them up that is extremely short. Just as with the first game, it is under an hour. Yes, and Frog Detective 2 had my heart from two very specific angles. It took my heart first in Frog Detective 1 when it ended and said that the next episode was the case of the Invisible Wizard love ending on an epilogue, especially when you're a tiny indie game. It's just so ballsy to be like, I'm doing a sequel, guys. It's happening. Yeah. And hey, here it is, uh, like and one here it year is. later. And two, when you go to the Steam page for this, it not only about this game has a picture of Frog Detective and a GIF that says, this is a short game animating. Yes. This is a short game. And I think as they discovered with the first game, it's very important that they kind of tell their customers right up and right up front that this is a very short game, literally about an hour. So um, I remember reading that they'd had some problems with people buying the very first Frog Detective game and being disappointed that that the game was as short as it was. So here they have put that very much front and center, pretty much the first thing that you see on the Steam page. But it's celebratory front it and is. center. It is. Which I love that. Which we really like. Yeah, so I, I, I appreciate that they not only make that front and center, but make it clear that it's something that they're excited about. This is a selling point. Um, and I'm going to save that GIF, and I'm going to use that GIF. Oh, I guarantee you I'm going to use that GIF. That game is already on all of the various drop boxes and boxes and shared drives I own. It's just like, just in case I feel like I need it at 4 a.m., I can reach into various servers across this worldwide globe and stick a pink animated banner gif that says, this is a short game, exclamation point. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Grace. That's the name of the developer. <laughs> Not just a thinking grace. <laughs> yes, and uh, and the developer uh, or the team that that developed it, I think, is called Worm Club, which is mm-hmm. also great. So yeah, there's. Uh, if you listen to our last episode about the first Frog Detective game, there won't be a ton of surprises here. This game plays in pretty much exactly the same way. So just as in uh, the um, sorry, the first one was called The Haunted Isle or Haunted Island? Island, Island yes. yes. So just as in The Haunted Island, uh, Frog Detective, our very cheerful, uh, you know, besweatered, uh, high-waisted pants-wearing frog gentleman, uh, second best investigator in the world after the famous lobster cop, uh, he ha- has a new case, and just as with the haunted island he has to travel to a new place a new setting 
and speak with a bunch of local residents to try and unravel a mystery. And the mystery in this case is that there's a wizard that has moved to town uh, and she's an invisible wizard. So no one knows what she looks like or where she is or if she's even around. And they were planning a uh, they were planning to throw her a parade, but someone wrecked the parade. And so you're there to uh, to discover who the culprit is, who wrecked the parade to welcome the invisible wizard to town. Very mysterious. And I've been listening to uh, everything I can about Knives Out, uh, the recent uh, <laughs> murder mystery book. And and so like I feel like I now can know the lingo of mysteries. And this is a closed room mystery, except it's always outside in both the previous and this one. Small area, everyone's standing around outside, just kind of staring at this wrecked parade. You got to go find all the people, talk to all the people, figure out their motives, what they need, what they need to give you more information. It's a little bit of a fetch quest, but it's such a tight area that I think that it's really doable and relaxing because I uh, don't, I am pretty sure that nothing I was going to do was going to take six hours to accomplish. Yeah, the, the thing that this game does really, really well, um, and you know, so did the first one, is just that this is a game that tells you exactly what it is, exactly what it's going to be, and it delivers in an hour, it's a nice sit-down, one-session experience. Um, and it it just delivers a... Well, I, the last time I think we did this, I, th- I think I called the game a joke delivery system. That's essentially mm-hmm. what this is. This is a... It's a, I think the the closest th- analog to it would just be like a, like a half-hour or hour-long cartoon movie with jokes that are going to appeal to both uh, children and adults. Uh, nothing about it is particularly heavy, but it's also not dumb. Um, it's, you know, it's just a very cute, pleasant experience that has many moments of very warm humor. Uh, and you know, the detective himself is just such a charming character. Um, there are a few things that are, I guess, kind of like surprise, uh, pleasant surprises. If you played the last one, um, the first was for me that in the first game, lobster cop was more sort of like a running joke. I don't think we ever actually saw lobster cop. We did uh, not. But he was just, it was constantly re- referred to because of course, frog detective is the second best investigator in the world. And he's very happy to be the second best after lobster mm-hmm. cop. And he and everyone else knows that lobster cop is the real uh, best investigator in the world. Well, of course, in this episode, we get to meet lobster cop who you'd think might be a little bit conceited being the best investigator in the world. And you'd be a little bit right, but he's also mm-hmm. kind of a nice guy too. More self-involved yeah. than like mean. Yeah. Yeah. And so of course I loved lobster cop. I loved meeting lobster cop. I loved seeing lobster cop's office. I love saying mm-hmm. lobster cop. If you hadn't picked up on that so far. It's so just the assonance is lovely. It is lobster cop. Lobster cop. And the other big, uh, I guess, surprise from this game uh, was that it added one big new gameplay feature, and that is that you have a notebook and you get to decorate your notebook, which was very cute. Very important that Lobster Cop tells you you need a notebook and he lets you use his stickers. And, you know, in some games, there are achievements for taking a gratuitously long time to decorate your art piece. Um, If 
that was a thing, this game would have had to give me an award because I meticulously decorated my notebook. I I took everything and I put, I dressed them up. I put like hearts on things. I like put a little worm under the word notes to underline it. I, I did a little too much decorating, but my notebook was a work of art at the end. Reagan, what did you do with your notebook? Ah, well, so first of all, of course, I put two worms on it. The worm stickers were the cutest. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing that I did was, so, and I I actually don't recall whether this was referenced at the very beginning of the game, like in the first call, I think it was, or maybe I was remembering it from the previous game, but I remembered, hmm, uh, so they give you a sticker of the frog detective's face, and of course they also give you a sticker of a hat. And I remembered, frog detective can't wear hats because of his oddly shaped head. Mm-hmm. This this is made uh, made a point of several times throughout the uh, the games. And so I decided, well, of course I'm going to put frog detective the sticker on there. I'm going to give him that hat in a in a fantasy if he can't live the reality of having this beautiful hat. So that was my uh, that was the cover of my notebook, and that actually. Uh, that actually was a wonderful thing to remember at that moment, uh, because we're not we're because this is a game is a basically a joke delivery system. We're going to do our best not to just simply tell you all of the best jokes, um, but I do want to mention that probably my favorite sort of understated joke or funny thing of the entire game was that as you're uh, when you're in Lobster Cop's office, if you look at the walls, he has several pictures of him. I guess solving crimes or whatever, mm-hmm. and there's a picture of him sitting at a bar with two other frogs and those frogs are wearing hats. Mm-hmm. So either uh, either frog detective is completely wrong and he could wear a hat if he wanted or maybe these other two frogs have got something going on that frog detective doesn't know about. But I think the poor guy actually could wear a hat if he only tried. Uh, and so uh, I, I, I thought the timing of that was very funny because I was thinking about his hat wearing ability or or hat disability and uh, then immediately saw these other two frogs with the hats and thought like well you know not only is uh, lobster cop a huge show off but so are these other two frogs absolutely and i think you you said joke delivery device so not only the pictures on the walls but like even at the beginning of the game um there's just so much warm humor so many other humorous games are a little catty or a little sassy or a little just uh, absurdist. Mm. This game is pretty straightforward. I mean, for a silly animal game, uh, the stuff makes sense. But the one joke they repeat that I got really excited about wasn't Lobster Cop. I got super excited because when you choose your graphic quality, this time (laughs) they had a Bingo Boys reference. And uh, I know, Reagan, you said Uh, you were a little lost in this one. So we were talking about this earlier and I was like, oh no, I'm old. I saw this and I was like, this clearly looks like a reference, but I don't know what it is. So, Laura, please explain Venga Bus. So the graphics quality choices are Venga Bus is cut in everybody's New York to an inner city. It's as if the words are cut off. Those are the words to that Six Flags song we grew up with. That's what the words are. I didn't know that had words. <laughs> that song has words, and those are the words. Now you've cursed me with that, and I'm going to have to go YouTube it. Thanks a lot, Laura. Yep, and now everybody, see, notice that I sang it rather than getting sued because probably Vingabus is not doing so hot, and I bet they'd come track us down for royalty as if we actually put a clip in. So 
Everyone You'll just never Google catch Venga me bus. alive, Venga bus. Venga boys. Venga boys. The Venga boys are on the Venga bus. I see. Thank you. I'm now, I think I understand the cosmology now. Yes. We uh, like to party, I believe, is the song. Good to know. So Anyway, that's how the game starts, and that's the graphics quality choices. So you know it's going to be joke dense if that's how we're coming out the gate. Yeah. The gameplay is pretty much the same as before, um, you know, the the whole sort of gameplay style of this is you're walking around mostly in a first person perspective uh, around a fairly small space. The, the entire town is basically the size of a mid-sized room. Closed room mystery with no murder. Yes. And uh, you're you're talking to every one of the uh, of the sort of townspeople. Um, you kind of talk to each one to kind of kind of get a lay of the land. And then the majority of the game is about uh, uh solving people's small problems in order to get them to help you solve your very one one very large problem. So a lot of that is like uh, maybe somebody wants something and somebody else has it, but that person won't really trade it to you unless you get something else and so on and so on. Um, and it's the exact same structure as before. Uh, this time you have the notebook. Uh, I wonder if they got any feedback from people playing the first one that it would have helped to have a sort of clearer uh, notebook sort of interface. I don't think we had, I don't remember off the top, I don't think we had anything quite like the notebook in the first game. I um, believe there was a list that one of the bad scientists was keeping, but I don't think you could actually make a note, like you can keep a list. Yeah, it's been, um, a, it's been a few months since we played the first one, so apologies if we're misremembering there, but in any case- It was here, definitely not as elaborate. Yeah, it's, it's definitely more elaborate, and uh, you have this nice interface to see uh, notes from Frog Detective, his his crime solving notes that he's taking about each person as he interviews them about things like their motives and so on. What what might their motive be for wrecking the parade? Um, all the characters are super funny and cute. Um, I, I particularly liked Mandy, who all these characters are animals. I'm not sure what type of animal Mandy is. Do you have any idea? Aardvark. That's a good guess. Maybe an ant. Oh, that's the same thing. Aardvarks and aviators. Are, are they the same thing? Are they the we same? don't know. Don't, don't look know. it up, everybody. I'm not a zoologist. <laughs> and uh, and I don't know what Mandy is either, but she is she is a witch and has a witch hat and super cool glasses and will tell you about losing uh, losing the bidding war on whatever this world's eBay equivalent was for getting- Whiz-bay. Uh, Whiz-bay, of course, uh, for buying some, uh, some shoes that she really wanted. Uh, she's just super funny and- Oh, really, all of the characters are funny. Ralph Mandy the Lion. Mandy embodies the new domesticity. <laughs> She's really into like fashion and also baking. I I love her. And I love all the characters. I love her in this. too. All the conversations were cute and funny, and there's you know, they're they don't drag on. Um I really enjoyed it. And just like with the very first game, of course, the mystery is uh, a very low-stakes mystery. We're not talking about like a like a complex murder plot here. And also, uh, where at first it may seem that uh, that something nefarious is going on here, of course, actually, everyone's really nice uh, once you get to know them. And it's all a big misunderstanding because that's what all of the mysteries are in this world. They're all just big misunderstandings that need to be unraveled by a very good boy who's a frog. And you unravel them just by talking to people and maybe feeding them when they're hungry. Yep. I love it. I love the story and the characters and I love the graphics. And um, I mentioned this on the first time we did one of these, but I also, I will mention it again. 
this game is really, really well done with its sort of um, idle animations. You know, this mm-hmm. game is is mostly about going around and talking to uh, 3D 3D models of characters who are essentially just standing still, right? So this could, game could look excruciatingly boring and dead, uh, but they've done an amazing job with just sort of like really low key animation. All of the characters are constantly moving in kind of low key ways that are probably looping animations, but don't feel like they're not like one second loops or anything. So they feel kind of alive. All of the characters have a little bit of life to them. And then there's, there's moments where they do much more elaborate animations like dancing that I, I don't know if they did mocap for this, but things like the dancing make me think like, did they do mocap? Because it's just all such like good dance moves from these what would be like really stiff, boxy character models. I, I just really love the way they move. They're truly wonderful. I mean, the faces don't animate, and that mm. actually, to me, adds to the charm. It's just their bodies moving. So when they dance, it's even better because the, you know, even though they have a still face, they'll totally look like they're boogieing down. And it's kind of this magic alchemy that I don't know how pretty static characters can move in such a charming way without, you know, really, they don't really become like squiggly lines or anything, but they dance really well. The the animation just gives them life in a way that like is inexplicable because they're they are such simplistic character models. Uh, I I don't know why they're so magnetic to look at, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that the, uh, uh, that the animation is a, is a huge part of it for me on some level. Um, just a lovely, lovely little experience. Uh, do we have anything else to say about, uh, frog detective two? I want to say, and again, since the jokes are so much a part of the discovery of this game, if you're on the fence about whether or not to play it, I do want to give a preview of some of our favorite jokes. So, so you can say, yes, I am totally in this humor is my thing. Um, one micro joke is if you find any phrase like fill in the word boys to be funny, like I'm a private boy, I'm a busy boy. Like if you find those funny, you'll like this game. There were many boys in this game. All of them there were good many boys, boys. But uh, yeah, that, uh, that's good call out. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know, when you put it that way, it doesn't sound funny to me, but when, when it's used in the context of the game, I know that every time someone was described, uh, as a private boy, for example, I did find that very amusing. Well, like if your note in your notebook is a busy boy, it's very funny to me. Yes. I I absolutely agree. I, I will call out what I, I didn't take a ton of screenshots playing through this. I played through it pretty quickly, but I, I took a couple screenshots of, of moments that I thought were particularly funny. And, um, one of the item delivery things is that you, you get a, uh, a hook, uh, from your friend, Ralph, who is, uh, a pirate enthusiast. And, uh, uh, when Ralph gives you the hook, he says, you can use it on your hand if you want. Or you can use it for something else. I'm not your dad, <laughs> which I found very funny. And then Frog Detective says, not yet. <laughs> I, I, and, and Ralph says, what? So I, oh, I, I'm sorry. I don't really know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> so excellent. I, I, Just... I, I, yeah. Okay. They're jokes. I, that's we're, we're good. I don't, I don't know how else to say that this game is funny, but this is a really funny, charming game that, um, I, I think Grace Bruxner just n- nailed it with the humor and the characters 
Frog Detective is just like an instantly magnetic, beautiful little boy. Um, yes. And if you are playing through Steam, I bought on itch, but it comes with the Steam key. Hmm. And if you play on Steam, there are achievements. There are six achievements. Um, there are multiple endings, guys. Wait, what? So one of the achievements is just called Gross. And you are looking at me blankly, Reagan. Um, so if you pick up a dirty pie off the ground and try to give it to someone who's hungry, who's oh. very offended, and you get an achievement called gross. Yes. Okay. I forgot about that. And I did not get the achievements. I was playing through the uh, itch page. So um, I, I, uh, I, I'm glad to support this developer. And I think buying the game through itch uh, gives them a larger chunk of the mm-hmm. dirty floor pie. Um, and you get a Steam key anyway. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, and yeah, these games are not expensive. They are four ninety nine each. Uh, they occasionally go on sale, but I would just pick them up. It's five bucks. It will. It will. Uh, you know, it, it's not a long thing to play through. Um, I think these are the perfect games to play with if you have a child in your life who might be interested in the sort of you know cute animal characters and the sort of. Uh, veneer of mystery solving. I think these games are absolutely kid friendly. There's no sort of, you know, blue humor here. It's all really cute. The jokes will work for adults, but I think most of them will also work for kids. There's there's a sort of a universality to this this humor. If you have a kid that you think you might want to spend some time playing a game with, this is the right length for playing a game with a kid. It's not too mm-hmm. long. The, the level of challenge is essentially zero uh, apart from just sort of basic problem solving. Yeah. I will say if you are playing with a pre-reader that you will have to read it aloud. But hey, all of the characters are really clearly modeled. And I think it's a great opportunity for you to do some kick-ass voices. Yes, yes. Do voices for all of the characters. It will, it, it'll be a winner. Um, mm-hmm. So 100% recommend it. Maybe during the holidays is a good time for that sort of thing. Download this on your laptop and uh, and play through, you know, 45 minutes of a uh, of a cute animal uh, detective story with your niece or nephew or cousin. Um, mm-hmm. And on that thought, uh, we thought it might be fun to talk a little bit about what are some other short games that might be fun to play with a young member of your family uh, during the holidays, because that's right now. And this is a question that might be facing some of you. Yeah, I will definitely uh, be aunt slash babysitter for a large chunk of the holidays because uh, my uh, delightful niece and nephew are out of school and the daycare is closed. So, How old are the niece and nephew? My niece is about to start kindergarten and my nephew is just celebrating his ninth birthday. Mm. So pretty far apart. But the interesting thing for them is, like, I would say that my niece is super cuddly and has a very short attention span. So something like Frog Detective would be fun to play with her before she runs off, whereas my nephew would actually want to solve the mystery. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it would work with both of them. But it's been interesting. I've been looking for games to buy for him for Christmas. Uh, This is my nephew who called me Aunt Laura iPad when he was little (laughs) because every time I came home, I would show him new games on the iPad. And so he started calling me Aunt Laura iPad, which made me feel 
That's okay. That's a complicated feeling right there. <laughs> I worked for a kid's game company, yeah, so it made sense, but course. also it was a complicated feeling. Mm, it's not um, even your middle name. It's your it's last name. It's not even name. my middle name. iPad. Laura iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, Aunt Laura iPad. So Aunt Laura iPad is going to try to come through with some games he can play on his own after I leave. Um, and the first one, besides picking up uh, Pokemon Let's Go because he likes Pokemon, I think I'm going to get him Yoku's Island Express. Oh, nice. Yeah, are you sticking? So he has a he has a Switch or what is he, he playing He has a on? Switch. He mostly just plays Minecraft. Mm. Um, I think, yeah. For, so obviously a kid like nine years old, like there's going to be the sort of heavy hitter stuff, Minecraft and uh, Mario Kart probably and things like that. We'll play Mario Kart together. Yeah, yeah. And those are always fun. So, you know, if you have the, the chance to play a game along with a kid, like Mario Kart is never a bad choice. But yeah, th- like I, I want to try to broaden like, OK, so I don't actually have any kids that are quite his age in my family, um, but I'm kind of thinking ahead, of course, to like, mm-hmm. OK, well, eventually I'm going to have a kid that's that age. Right. So uh, and, you know, right now, my daughter's uh, the only, I guess, game she's ever shown any interest in whatsoever is the aquarium screensaver on my Roku TV. You know? So she'll be real into Abzu. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, she'll absolutely be. Uh, who knows? We'll see. But um, I would love to try and get her into something other than Minecraft. No offense to Minecraft in particular. Mm-hmm. I think Minecraft is a good and interesting game, but I I, I like a different sort of game for the most part. And so, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. This uh, one felt nice and gateway. One of the things is that, you know, he doesn't necessarily play for long t- bouts of time because you know he's got a lot of stuff to do kids are busy nowadays yeah um and so i wanted to get something that you know wasn't too hard that he could win that um you know have little lot of checkpoints and uh for people who aren't familiar uh yoku's island express is this mashup of a like an platformer and Mm. a pinball game so you're exploring the world but you get these little pinball tables so to me it felt like a really you know, it can be a little challenging, but it's very forgiving. Um, and I think that's incredibly important because the number one thing I see when I play with kids is that they quit because they're losing mm. and there's no progress and they don't know how to win, um, which is fair. A lot of puzzles are made for adults and they're made for an adult's attention span and they're trying to be challenging to adults. But uh, that safety net that seems to be in the game so it's more relaxing made it a really easy uh you know christmas gift for my nephew who does not listen to the podcast because he's nine <laughs> i think it's actually a really good poll and i i love that game so much i think it works for for kids and adults but it's um yeah i, mean, I think it it has some like nine-year-old boy appeal in that you know you're playing as like a an insect rolling a ball of presumably possibly dung. Uh, you know, I mm-hmm. think there's, there's that angle on it. And it's also just like, it, it's got some characters, not a ton of dialogue or anything, but it's got some cute characters. I think it's a really, really good pick. Um, I thought about buying Goose Game, but I think it's going to inspire him to be a dick. Oh no, that's actually <laughs> like, a really I good question. I feel like it's like giving a kid like a, like a drum. Like, mm-hmm. I'm afraid if I give him Goose Game, he's just going to run around terrorizing his parents. Like, I want to share Goose Game with him. I know Ty loved Goose Game, but Ty is a little boy. Um, and uh, my nephew is a bigger boy who can be much more mischievous. Yeah. I, I got some really good Ty Goose Game stories from Shane. And I, uh, I-, I also was... 
I don't think I want to hear more. I don't think he was trying to act anything out, but uh, he was definitely very, very amused by all of the actions of the goose and wanted to command the goose to do whatever sorts of mischief he was inventing. So I think if you're Mm -hmm. wanting, it depends on your kid's temperament, but if your kid is more of a watcher than a player, goose game might be a better, uh, not better, but like a particularly good choice because it is so, um, uh, like you can invent little things to do with the goose. And, uh, I could, I could imagine sort of allowing your young relative to invent what the goose should do. And then you try to enact that, for or with the goose is that that's a good collaborative way to play a game with with a kid very much and i think for like me as a kid who was a goody goody but really liked pretending to be bad goose game would have been super fun for me mm. uh my nephew is much more of the like i see spider-man and i'm gonna be a ninja and run around kicking things like goose game seems like not the right choice yeah yeah definitely uh take your your kid's uh temperament into account um if that's the case, though, Laura, you should absolutely never show him Katamari Damacy, which was going to be I, the next thing I brought up, because I think that's a really good kid-friendly game that any kid can learn to play and have a great time playing. And I'm so glad that it's been re-released. All these, by the way, are games that we've done episodes on. So, you know, hey, mm-hmm. if you want to hear all of our thoughts about Yoku's Island Express, for example, we have a whole episode on it. And uh, we also have a whole episode on uh, the Katamari Damacy re-release. Or rather, I don't think we did a whole episode on that. We, we re-released our We re-released episode. and <laughs> introed it, yeah. <laughs> yes. But honestly, like, what do you think he's going to do after he sees Katamari? Like, he can't roll up the universe. Like, it seems pretty harmless. He's right? just, he just going to start pushing people over and trying Trying to roll them into balls. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That don't one might either. be worth risking it just so I can share the soundtrack with Oh, them. yeah. That's that's totally good. And you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't have- uh, I'm also not there all year, so. Yeah, that's true. You just got to get him really, really into rolling up balls of things and then just release him back to his home and he can- Maybe he'll clean his room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think no. actually uh, kids who like Minecraft- definitely could get into Katamari. I think there's a certain like through line there. You know, it's got collecting. the uh, collecting and something about the aesthetic. It's not obviously the same, but I I think that um, Minecraft has primed an entire generation of young people to like retro styled graphics, both 2D and 3D mm-hmm. more than they otherwise might have. Um, and so, you know, we can say anything uh, about Minecraft. Thank you, Minecraft, for, uh, for, for, you know, keeping that door open one more generation. Oh, and real quick, because I didn't mention at the top of this section, I do actually have bona fides in this section because I did make kids games. True. So you might be like, why is this childless woman talking about games for kids? That's why I prioritize frustration first because like we, I, I played in the age of like the iPad where you, kids were like, under a certain age don't have the hand strength to take a binder clip off of the home button. Mm. So you could just stick a binder clip over the home button and they couldn't quit the game. Um, So you could make them play the game you wanted. That's actually a really good tip. I didn't think about that. It is. Unfortunately, they're like designing away those home buttons. So the tip will last for like, well, they have a, they have a system level feature for that now called guided access. You can enable, you have to basically put in like the Konami code and it locks the (laughs) iPad to, to just a particular app or mode or something. So there are, yeah, but they wouldn't build that for so long. So we use binder clips. Um, clever, but anyway, that, yeah, the frustration was the main thing. Like if it gets too hard, like it's kids love doing the same thing over and over again. 
if they're okay at it. But if they're actively bad at it, they're just going to leave. That's true. Yeah. Um, you know, on the same kind of, uh, I wouldn't say the same vibe exactly, but like in, in line with the frog detective games, which are essentially they're first person, but they're essentially point and click adventure games based mostly on dialogue. Um, Mm -hmm. if you think that your kids are into that style of game, if they want more of a sort of living cartoon rather than story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the first thing that sprung to my mind out of games that we've covered, uh, would be grim Fandango. Uh, Grim Fandango is a, you know, it's obviously it's like a LucasArts uh, 3D puzzle game. There have been some good re-releases of it on bunches of different platforms, so you can play it on practically anything now. Um, and the humor and characters of it 100% hold up. The puzzles, mm-hmm. not so much. So my recommendation with Grim Fandango would be either play it yourself with their assistance and, uh, you know, look up a walkthrough to, to help yourself keep the story moving along so that you're not uh, boring the the young ones with, you know, walking back and forth and back and forth while you try to figure out where to get the chicken with the pulley in the middle. Um, try, uh, try just sort of look up the puzzle solutions and treat it like a Pixar movie. And I think it really mm-hmm. holds up as a story. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe hand the controller off to them and let them, you know, control Manny around. If you do that, turn off the tank controls first, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but assuming that you've already done that, um, yeah, like, you know, you can get the kids involved or you can play it together and, uh, you know, have that walkthrough ready because those puzzles are sometimes completely unfair, even to adults, but it's still such a good story with so many good jokes. I mean, having the puzzles, quote unquote, ruined for you, they're still fun. They're still fun to watch. I'll say this is great for like the kids you might think will turn into goth teenagers because it's got like a day of the dead vibe to them. And like there's a little bit of like, you know, peril and skeletons and afterlife themes, but it's it's totally clean. If they Um, liked Coco, they'll they'll love the story of Grim Fandango. They're practically in the same universe. With a little more gangsters. Yeah, yeah. So I love that. And, you know, honestly, most of the LucasArts games would kind of work in that same way if you took that approach with playing them with kids. Maybe stay away from the uh, Indiana Jones ones. So in the past, we've also talked a little bit about board games towards the end of the year. And that's an interesting thing with kids who are not old enough to stay up with the adults, Mm. but are old enough to have played a lot of board games and like want to play with the family. The other problem I've run into here is that so many board games targeted at kids are really boring. So so boring and so bad. And also just like not like classic games are usually awful. Like Monopoly lasts for 70 hours. It's just it's not a good game for kids at all. It's really not a good game for adults, but it's particularly not a good game for kids, which is why it boggles my mind that it's still on every shelf in every toy store and target and everything. I think everyone just like grabs what they know. Yeah. Um, but there are kids games. Like I played like clue junior and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but I am going to bring home my copy of Codenames pictures because it's a game for adults, which is code names, which is the game where you're trying to get, make people, you know, the point of code names is you've got words on a grid and people you're trying to get your team to know what word you're hinting at without the other team guessing it. Um, but with pictures, they don't have to have a high vocabulary mm. to do that. So codenames pictures is there's pictures. There's a lot of info on the cards. So um, it's worked pretty well because um, it's harder to 
say the word on the card, which was a huge problem when we play heads up that like like categories oh, yeah. where you guess it. Like my nephew would just hold it up and read the card. Like he oh. reads really well and he would just say the word. <laughs> and then everyone would like say it back to him and be like, you all got it. And it was adorable. <laughs> it's not the game. If there's a picture on the card and he says, if there's a picture of an aquarium and he says aquarium, like, yeah, it, he like over hinted, but he didn't cheat. So that's a good um, point. It's like a good evolution. Yeah. So, have you ever played a board game with a, like a whole family that worked? Honestly, no. I don't think I've ever played a, a board game with a kid that young. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, the the first my first thought was going to be to the game that I, I usually pull out when I'm going to play a board game with uh, with people who aren't used to playing the kinds of board games that I tend to be interested in. And so I usually mm-hmm. pull out Kill Dr. Lucky, um, yeah. which is a great game for, you know, people of any age, I think, but I don't know exactly what the sort of like best uh, age cutoff for it would be. Um, you have mm-hmm. to be okay with them having, uh, you know, with, with the the themes of murder, it's sort of lighthearted and goofy murder, but mm-hmm. it's, it is murder nonetheless. Um, uh, but uh, it's, uh, and I, I think it's a wonderful game to pull out be, uh, at a family gathering like this because it mm-hmm. isn't the same thing everyone's played a zillion times before, but it's pitchable in one sentence in a way that almost everyone will get, which is you can just say, well, it's the it's it's clue, except instead of trying to solve the murder, we're trying to commit the murder. And everyone's like, done, I'm in. In. Yeah. And because that's what anyone that's what everyone was really excited about with clue anyway. Right. Um, and, uh, it's also, uh, the rules are pretty easy to follow. And I will also say in particular that they've improved the rules a lot, um, it, with the, the current edition, which, which is mm-hmm. called the 19 and a half anniversary edition, um, uh, which, uh, is a, you know, much better printing and nicer box and everything, uh, than the old version and is also available now. Like you, you don't have to have, you know, this unobtainium copy that was, you know, printed and is long out of print. No, it's just, you can get them on Amazon. It's not a very expensive game now. Um, so, uh, I would absolutely recommend that game to, uh, as a sort of holiday family gathering game. Absolutely. Everyone likes a little bit of a murder mystery. And and honestly, like I, you know, again, probably not at nine, but like 10, 11, I think would really like it yeah. because everyone's played Clue and the it's not a hard strategic game necessarily. It's just like a lot of that like Munchkin style, read a card, it's funny, take your turn. And it feels fair. Yeah. Like bad things happen all the time. But it feels fair. And the uh, the rules are simple enough that like you can literally summarize them with every turn you either move to a different room or you quote unquote do something and the do something options are extremely simple. Um, mm-hmm. So like you wh- whatever you, you, your options at any one given time are very, very simple uh, and the game never gets super complex at all. Um while still being a lot of fun. So uh, that's a that's a big recommend from me as a holiday game for families and probably kids too. Depends on the kids. And uh, Kill Dr. Lucky did make it through our moving purge. I'm staring at a copy right now oh, on my Kickstarter. So a big fan of that one. Yeah. Um, so uh, listeners, I would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a kid in the, uh, I don't know what age range we're really talking about. It doesn't really matter. But uh, maybe you have a kid that you have tried to play games with and you have have success or failure stories. 
Uh, I'd love to hear about those because those are all pretty much in my future. Yeah, and games that you the kid can play on their own and games you can play with them, I think are two different categories. So we would love to hear either of those. Yeah, and if you want to let us know about that stuff, there's a few good ways to get in touch with us. Uh, of course, you can go to our website, www.theshortgame.net, where we've got a contact form, or you can find us on Twitter, at underscore short game. Uh, or, of course, uh, you can become part of our Discord. So uh, this show is supported by listeners on our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash the short game. And uh, listeners at any level get an instant invite to our Discord where we chat about the games that we're playing, uh, not just stuff for the show, but whatever we happen to be playing and thinking and talking about at the moment. It's a great place to hang out on the internet. Uh, it's also a great place to suggest games to us or let us know what you thought about episodes or tell us the story about your little niece or nephew that you uh, played a great game of, I don't know, uh, Call of Duty with or something. Tell us that story. <laughs> Uh, I want to hear it. Uh, and um, also, of course, you can find me on the internet at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. And Laura, where can people find you? You can find me on the internet at Laura J. Nash. And listeners, thank you for listening to The Short Game. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, and uh, we'll hopefully be uh, keeping it weekly all through the holidays. So have a happy rest of your 2019. We'll be back with you next week.